You're listening to Tap Into Tax, PwC's podcast series covering current regulatory, legislative, and technology hot topics through the lens of our tax technical leaders, as well as process and technology subject matter specialists. This podcast features discussions with some of our leading minds around tax, trade, and domestic and global policy. Stay tuned to our regular updates and subscribe to our series to get notified as new episodes are published. Margie, I'm really excited today for our discussion with Chris to talk about inbound companies doing business in the U.S. and key issues that they're running into. I'm interested to hear how he's going to navigate what the key issues are. And then I a preview, I think he's going to tie in some of the tax and trade policy developments. And I'm interested to hear his points of view on how best to navigate those. Yeah, Julie, I'm looking forward to talking with Chris because I hear from our clients that doing business in the U.S. comes with so much complexity. So as we have this discussion today, I'm hoping Chris can shed some light on the complexity of doing business in the United States so our clients can feel like they can navigate our legislative framework with a bit more certainty. So Margie, with that, let's talk tax. Welcome listeners. This is Margie Dungeshaw. I'm PwC's U.S. Tax Reporting and Strategy Leader, and today I'm joined by Julie Allen, PwC's National Tax Services Market Leader. We're also joined by Chris Kong, leader of PwC's U.S. inbound tax practice. Chris will explain some key issues for inbound companies to consider when investing or continuing to invest in the U.S. during these challenging times. So please note that for additional information on these issues, we've just released the 2020 edition of Doing Business in the United States, a guide to key tax issues. So before we dive into a detailed discussion of issues facing inbound companies, Chris, can you tell us where we can find the guide and what should the readers pay particular attention to? Thanks, Margie. I really appreciate the opportunity to join you and Julie today. The Doing Business in the United States guide is available on pwc.com and is updated regularly. Now, it's designed to help global companies expanding or starting businesses in the United States navigate key U.S. tax and trade policy developments. Uh, In addition to explaining tax legislation of particular interest to inbound companies, the guide reflects new guidance from Treasury and the Internal Revenue Service and also provides practical insights from PwC's subject matter specialists. So, Chris, besides arriving wrapped in a face mask, can you tell us what's new with the guide for 2020? Thanks for asking, Margie. Uh, Each annual edition of the guide includes new features or discussions to keep things fresh, and the 2020 edition is no exception. Um, Key features of the new edition I'd like to highlight are, firstly, summaries of key tax law changes enacted on March 27th as part of the CARES Act. Secondly, an expanded section on U.S. customs duties and import tariffs to reflect the higher profile of trade issues that many businesses are now facing. Thirdly, a new section analyzing key U.S. tax policy issues facing global companies in 2020. And and Margie, you'll be pleased to know there is a section on setting up a U.S. tax department of a company. 
<laughs> we, we also have an extensive list of contacts for uh, subject matter specialists. And uh, I, I think readers are going to find it useful as a checklist of considerations when doing business in the United States. Chris, thanks for giving us that information about the guide and where we can find it and then highlighting those key issues that it covers. I think you hit something near and dear to Margie's heart, setting up the U.S. Tax Department, but also near and dear to my heart, focusing on those subject matter specialists. So with that, let's now turn to some of the key issues facing companies that are investing or continuing to invest in the United States. And can you start with federal tax policy issues? Happy to, Julie. U.S. inbound companies should be aware of continued responses by the U.S. Congress to the COVID-19 pandemic to identify new legislative proposals intended to alleviate some of the pressures from the pandemic. Now, the House and Senate leadership negotiations are underway on phase four economic relief legislation. The goal is to reach a bipartisan agreement with the White House approval and pass legislation before the start of the August congressional recess. This may be the last opportunity for enactment of major tax law changes before the November elections and possibly before the end of the year. In this bill, additional business tax relief may need to take a backseat to further relief for individuals and state and local governments. However, at the same time, there's interest in business tax proposals to provide liquidity, encourage employee retention and hiring, and promote personal protective equipment and other virus transmission prevention as workers return to the workplace. Chris, that's very helpful. So can we take that a little bit deeper? And will you really focus and give us your thoughts on the upcoming U.S. elections and what U.S. inbound companies should be aware of? Julie, the uh, upcoming U.S. presidential and congressional elections certainly could have a substantial impact on future U.S. tax policy, impacting all companies, but in particular U.S. inbound companies. Businesses have expressed concern about proposals for an increase in the headline U.S. corporate income tax rate if the Democratic Party win unified control of the House, Senate, and the White House. However, any tax increase proposals could be moderated or delayed by the status of U.S. economic recovery. U.S. inbound companies should look at the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's recent economic recovery plan, which includes a made-in-America proposal to promote U.S. production and onshoring. Amongst other things, his plan calls for retightening of the Section 385 debt equity regulations and revising the international agreement on government procurement to incorporate by America U.S. procurement. We're also keeping an eye on the OECD digital tax project, the outcome of multilateral negotiations and potential U.S. trade responses to digital services taxes and other unilateral actions will impact U.S. inbounds. So any OECD agreement will require implementation through domestic tax law changes and tax treaty changes. So U.S. implementation of any OECD agreement, assuming U.S. lawmakers believe it's a good deal for U.S. business, could provide a natural inflection point for Congress to revisit some of the provisions of the 2017 U.S. international tax reform. So, for example, if the Democrats regain the White House, the Biden economic recovery plan includes a proposal to modify the guilty provision to eliminate perceived offshoring tax incentives. Excellent, Chris. 
that was a great explanation of some very important federal tax policy issues. So let's keep going at the federal level and let's look at some of the key tax technical issues that you think are important for U.S. inbounds to keep top of mind. Margie, there's a good section in the guide on federal income tax issues. Let me respond to the question in light of the negative economic impact many companies are facing now, including inbound companies. It's important to assess the pandemic and how it impacts the tax posture of a company. Many companies have experienced losses and are looking to apply the net operating loss rules and the relaxation of the Section 163J interest deduction limitations enacted as part of the CARES Act. These CARES Act changes impact only specific taxation years, depending on the provision, and companies have to assess each carefully as both provisions contain some options to consider. It's also important to consider the impact of the provisions on taxable income and the corresponding impact on the beat tax. Now, as a reminder, the beat tax is the base erosion and anti-abuse tax. It is a minimum tax for companies that meet a certain threshold and make certain deductible payments to related non-resident parties, so things like interest, royalties, and management fees. Also important is companies should model the tax implications over a multi-year period given changes in rates and other tax law provisions that are going to happen over the next few years. Chris, that is a very helpful overview. And I like the way that you really wove in the technical rules and tied it to modeling, because as we know in our current tax environment, modeling and the importance of modeling is really heightened that we need to look at that when we're looking at all these different provisions together. So with all of that detail, that's a perfect segue to a discussion of developments on the trade front. What can you tell us that U.S. inbounds need to know with respect to the U.S. trade environment? Julie, there's plenty to talk about on the trade front, and we are seeing continued uncertainty in the U.S. trade environment. Uh, The trade environment right now continues to experience substantial pressure resulting from U.S. tariff measures. And so U.S. Section 301 tariffs continue to be assessed at either 25% and 7.5% on a majority of products of Chinese origin. And while the United States and China reached agreement last year on the so-called Phase 1 deal, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to the ultimate resolution of trade disputes between the two countries. Additionally, the U.S. has implemented Section 301 tariffs at 15 to 25 percent on seven and a half billion of select products from specific European Union countries in connection with the World Trade Organization decision issued last year in an aircraft manufacturer case. More recently, the U.S. Trade Representative also announced the imposition in January of 2021 of 25 percent tariffs on select products of French origin in response to that country's digital services tax. And as other countries announce the implementation of digital services tax frameworks in their jurisdictions, it remains to be seen if the U.S. Trade Representative is also going to extend similar tariffs like they did in the French case to products of those countries as well. Now, on the positive side, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, USMCA, went into effect this month, and it's hoped that the agreement will provide much-needed stability to U.S. and North American supply chains, especially between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. 
Many companies are experiencing temporary frustrations right now, mostly resulting from the mechanics of, of NAFTA to the U.S. MCA changeover. But once those initial challenges are cleared, the new trade deal should provide a solid foundation for North American operations. Chris, that is a lot for U.S. inbounds to think about. To add to the mix, why don't you talk a little bit about what's happening on the state level that inbounds should know about? Margie, state taxes and related incentives are of great importance to inbounds. Always have, always will be. Um, and it's, you know, there's been lots talked about about the federal economic relief programs, but the states have done their fair share too. And they've been active in providing incentive programs to promote economic activity, not only in the states, but uh, obviously overall helping the whole United States. So, for example, North Carolina extended its job development investment grant program recently. Louisiana has also done the same with several incentive programs. California is following suit. What's um, really important to remember for um, many companies, you know, headquartered overseas is there are 50 states, all of them with different rules and rates. And many of them may not necessarily follow the federal tax rules so that there isn't concurrence necessarily. So y'all, you have to think about each state individually. And that does add to the overall complexity of the, U- of the overall U.S. tax system. I'll give you one example. There was a recent court case called Wayfair. And the impact of that case is that many inbound companies that previously sold in a certain states in a certain manner, for example, those that may not have needed or had a physical presence in those states are now being subject to indirect taxes, which they were not previously subject to. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today and for all of this great information that you have shared with respect to inbound companies. I think you pointing out the guide for them doing business in the U.S., really focusing on the political scene and what they need to think about there, taking it to the technical rules in the federal context, and then bringing it down to state and local has been very impactful and helpful. So thank you for really highlighting those key issues that inbound companies need to consider as they're investing and as they continue to invest in the U.S. So Chris, maybe just before we go, how can listeners obtain the Doing Business Guide which sounds like a very indispensable resource for inbound companies. Julie, the Doing Business Guide is easy to access. Just go to pwc.com and enter Doing Business in the United States in the search bar. The guide can then be either read online or downloaded to your laptop. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.